All right, Thursday, February 22nd. We're back a little day late. Colin is traveling. I see him on Zoom. He's got the stock art of the hotel behind him with the classic hotel lamp and those big blackout <laughs> curtains. But you know what? We're making promoting shareholder value here. We're promoting <laughs> shareholder value. <laughs> he, uh, he packed his microphone. We're ready to go. Life without football. So we're going to... Last week, obviously, big success with the Valentine's Day episode. We're going to do a little bit more non-football things today. So if you remember earlier in the year, we did segment, a little SWOT analysis about what's going on in our lives. Um, could be take-related, sports-related or not, but we're going to start with the S, the strength, something you were right about, something going well. And I'm going to start because right as we log on, Penn State, Upsets Illinois, storming the court, down seven points with a minute left. This is March, or this is only February, but soon this will be March. Uh, March Madness right around the corner. And uh, we talk, we talked about this a little bit with Illinois State when they have their throwback game and the throwback jerseys. Um, a little bit different because it's uh, – or no, they go to the old arena. Do they play at a different arena, right? Yeah, Illinois State, yeah. Yeah. yeah they play. So Penn State did that today, played at Rec Hall – uh, definitely smaller arena than the Bryce Jordan Center packed it in. I think more schools should do this unless you're a, a blue Ohio State did it when we were out. in school. If you're not selling out, then I love going throwback to the old old stadium with the wooden bleachers. Um, it's it's going to be one of the new the new gambling laws where if you see that you're gonna you got to take the home team no matter what. Penn State plus eight was a lock. They went outright. Um, and in a year, we'll break down college basketball in the back half um, and what to know, but in a year where the Big Ten's down a little bit, Penn State not having a great year, but the Big Ten is is an anybody-can-beat-anybody type of situation. So that's the one thing that's great about college basketball is you always have a chance to get in the tournament, even if you're Detroit Mercy and you lose uh, every game for the entirety of the year. If you run the table – for that one week in March, you're going to get it. You're going to get a crack at the big boys in the, in the big dance. Yeah. I mean, college basketball is it's, it's, it's been here, but for, for those who only, uh, only pick up after college football and NFL, it's back. It's better than ever. Uh, actually it's debatable. It's better than ever. This year is definitely an interesting season with, uh, a lot of parody, which is something we're kind of getting used to in this new, like more balanced competitive landscape. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's great, great win for Penn state. I totally agree that more schools should do that. I think, I think especially schools like Ohio state and Penn state that like, don't really have a great home court advantage. Like I wish they would move back to smaller arenas like that. Like Baylor just mm -hmm. built a smaller arena. That's fucking awesome. And their program's better than, recently has been better both Ohio State and Penn State. So I think it's something they should consider. But um it's almost well one stick. of the things where you can't you can't lose the lore of it if you do it every game. It loses some of the magic. Um so I, I like it for one game because then you can build something. And when I was there, Penn State filled the BJC a couple times. Uh one of the many times they beat Ohio State when we were there. It, it was filled mm -hmm. Yeah, that was what our freshman year they beat Ohio State there. Uh, and no, they they won that one by like thirty. I don't I know mean, if they beat they, them again. They beat them time and time again. I, I don't know what it is, but they they can't get them in football, <laughs> but they get them in basketball. Whether it be in the tournament with Tony Carr, um, they got them in the tournament our first year out of college too. 
Yeah, it was they got three, him three. They beat him all three times. Three times yep. Tony, Tony Carr in Columbus off yeah. the glass after the Katie yeah, Bates. That was why I was, I was front row at that game. Yeah. Uh, great. I wish I was front row at that game, but yeah. And any, yeah. Um. Yeah, my my strength, I'll stick with college basketball. We'll try to make this a pretty college basketball fueled episode. Um. Well, my strength besides providing shareholder value, um, here in, sh- in an undisclosed location on the Eastern seaboard of the United States. Um, unless I already said where I am. I don't know. Is uh, it seaboard or seaborg? Bo- sea I... No, it's the Eastern seaboard. Cause it's like the board of the sea, like on the border of the sea. It's not the seaborg. No, it's the Eastern know. seaboard. Oh, just. I think. Oh yeah. I don't know. I digress. It's seaborg and it's at, it's, uh, Glenn Theodore Seaborg, who was an American chemist, so I don't think that's correct. Sorry, continue. Well, my, I, I digress. <laughs> my 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 strength of the week has been I'm I'm seeing the board in college basketball. Ooh. I'm not necessarily making a ton of money doing it because I've been I've been you know units and and frequency has been lowered a little less time to attack the lines. College basketball is such quick turnarounds that if you have a busy day at work. And especially in central time, those games are already starting. You know, we got we got some six, you know, five thirty Eastern or five thirty central tips. So you miss out sometimes, but Saturday going to the game, texting my buddies, they love Marquette. I tell them I tell them first thing I tell them, which which UConn athletic director, I know you're listening to this. I don't know your name. I know you listen to this. No more fucking big games in the XL Center. I I am not a UConn fan. I grew up really liking Kem Walker, some of their guards. Stanley Robinson and I worked together. God rest his soul. Man was a legend. Sticks from the rafters. I'm not a UConn fan. I've never really claimed that. Um, I still care, you know, about their basketball program. But when they do bad, I have no problem kicking them while they're down. They're on a high, so I'm going to root for them. And I love Cam Spencer. Um. They that's it's so dumb to me how they have games that big off campus because Gamble's electric. But anyway, I told my buddies UConn wins by double figures like this. This is a terrible matchup for Marquette unless Marquette shoots 52, 55 percent from three. They're losing Marquette gets stepped on. As I said in my blog, they get gutted like a fucking fish by 30. Then we come back. I see the line with the Creighton game. Three and a half points. I go, I work, I work, I work. I check the line. I got I got a flight coming up that night for work. I check the line at lunchtime. Two and a half points. I go, text my text group chat. So UConn's losing by 13. Maybe I said 11. Definitely double digits. I get a little pushback. 13? That's a lot. That's double digits. I go, well, they're definitely losing. No one respects it. UConn loses by 18. When Baylor Shireman doesn't even play well, there's I'm reading the traps. The sharp lines are hitting. I feel good about where I'm at. I think I, I think this is the best feel I have for college basketball in a while. Please go out, read my blog, catching people up on March. I'm I'm tuning into the Alabama game right now. That's a team I'm high on as a sleeper. People forget last year my sleepers, UConn, national champion, had a Final Four ticket on them. Creighton, Elite Eight team, lost on free throws. Had a Final Four ticket on them, wrote about them in my blog last year. San Diego State, 
had a Final Four ticket on them. Wrote about them on my blog last year. Said they were good enough to win a region. What did they do? They won a region. They won a game. FAU, didn't write about them on the blog. Did not have them as a future, but did put them in my... Obviously, brackets are stupid. Everyone always had something in their bracket. I have them in the Final Four. I think I'm getting a read for it these last couple of years, just with the ability to kind of not care about non-conference games and just enjoy them and then pick up steam throughout the season. So that's that's my strength right now. I think I'm seeing the board. I'm reading the landscape well, and we'll get into it later. But I, I think we're we're due for a really fun tournament. Yeah, I've been been betting too on the college basketball, and I've just been going with the, the live bet because it, no game of runs – um exists like college basketball oh yeah last night opening line missouri tennessee opened at one 148 and a half at the 16 minute media timeout the score is one nothing missouri um the live line is 134 that's when you hop on the over you're getting 14 points of value four minutes into the game i mean that is unbelievable value uh you and then you got to sniff out the stinky lines uconn I was all over Creighton last night. If you see a line where where you think that it doesn't make any sense, you should just go against it because yeah, that's how they get. If it yeah, seems too easy, it is. It's These so are college hard to kids. win on the road. It's so hard to win on the road in college. UConn hasn't have a road ranked win in ten years. Yeah, in the last ten years, UConn has is zero and twenty one on the road versus ranked teams and has two national championships, um, which just goes to prove how unpredictable college basketball is but uh if we're talking futures preseason i got i got my ticket on byu and then me and a couple of my my buddies had taken a pact for a uh, a secret team so i do have a secret future team that i'm not going to reveal until, they, until they've a been secret eliminated. team everyone you can't has, tell the you can't tell the listeners no everyone has a, everyone has a uh our whole group we got five guys everyone to, took a secret team to win it all, and no one's revealing. Oh, it's they, five and okay. Yes, I like everyone that. Ha, everyone like has a different team, so I can't say because they listen. So I can't say the secret team, and I love the idea of the secret team. So I have a, a double secret Final Four team, and and then a uh, a double double secret, which I guess would be the triple secret. So I have some futures that I'm squatting. Or on. no, double secret would be squaring the secret. So is that quadruple? Yes, yeah, secret squared. We have secrets all all up and down uh, the Eastern Seaboard. Um, well, but... speaking of secrets, the best kept secret in the Valley just hit another three. Johnny Kinzinger is six for eight right now with 14 points after last week winning I mean, player, player of the player, week. Player of the, I don't know if they do player of the week, not only in the Missouri Valley, but maybe the across the country because Kissinger has got to be in the mix with some he's of the numbers. Ma- he's nails, man. He's nails. Yeah. Um, what what's your what's your weakness? What's your weakness this past this past week? Um, weakness is this is not uh, this might not be the best plug, but I'm I'm writing my USA presidents as quarterbacks blog, which has been going great, a lot of success, a lot, lot of positive feedback. Um, but I'm already getting nervous about the back end because when you go in order, you use a lot of quarterbacks and the people that uh the people that are looking forward to reading it are very excited for the back end of Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And I've done my well, best for Obama. To- I feel like you got to go with the, with the, the Washington at the time Redskins quarterback. Uh, 
I forget his name, but it was number 17. He won the he won the first ever black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. That could be good. That could is be it good. Doug Williams? Is it am, Doug Williams? Doug Williams. Yeah, I am still I'm still rooting, like working through the back end. That's why it's out in four parts. I mean, the this is the longest thing I've ever written. The Excel doc on my computer is uh reaching 15, 16 pages, and I still have about five presidents left to write. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun, but I'm very nervous about uh, not getting canceled and not getting um, negative feedback for whatever I say about Trump and Biden. I think I'm just going to have to stay bipartisan and rip into uh, rip into both of them. Um, I know I tried to protect the legacy of some of the guys in the 1800s, but if you're around now, you get you get no liberties for me. Yeah, I mean, I think. First off, I want a little credit for remember Doug Williams. That many facts about Doug Williams. Well, I I always knew Doug Williams because yeah. he was a backup, and the Eagles run they just kept talking about him with Nick Foles. So, but I don't know how you. That was a great poll. That was a little. That was a little. I don't know where that came from. Maybe I need to rearrange what my brain prioritizes. But I actually I, I want to give you a challenge. Um, I I I think you should compare. Just it's NFL draft season. It's comparison time. I challenge you to compare Barack Obama across race and do at least two other cross racial um, comparisons. Oh, we will. We've had many. Uh, we've had a couple cross cross racial ones so far, especially due to the fact that um, there are more black quarterbacks than there have been black presidents. So RG three was Abe Lincoln. Um, the two most dangerous places to be in Washington are the Peterson Theater as a president and FedEx Field as a human with working knee ligaments. Um, there have been some couple of others in there. To tease it a little bit, Mike Vick is coming up. Um, Jamarcus Russell is going to get a shout pretty soon. So we can let your mind wander on, on who those two might be. Uh, but pretty excited for today uh, for what's going to come out. Uh, if you're listening now, it'll be out. And then Friday, I think we're going to do do the finale. Yeah, that's awesome. I I've read the first one. Been a real busy couple of days, so I gotta I gotta get to the second one tonight before bed. Got to. You're gonna love Rogers. Rogers is is in the, the second one. People, dude, people, people like I mean, I got my jet switch around right now. People at work, people, I I just just decorated my new desk at work with a Jets helmet. Everyone thinks that I like Rogers. I try and tell people like I don't like him. I don't dislike him, but like. He's played four snaps for my team. Like I don't really give much of a shit well, about I, him. I, I give the Jets some uh some, some shouts there. So I think you'll I think you'll, all right, all right. I'll, I'll I'll dig in. I'll dig in. I'll give it a look. But uh, but yeah, everyone else should follow my lead and, and go read that tonight. Um, if if I can find time, traveling the country and getting eyes on it, then uh, you can give the ten minutes to yeah. to promote help the blog. Um, unrelated. My weakness of the week, I'm, I think I'm losing my fastball. I on Saturday I had a uh, a joint birthday party for two of my friends, not birthday party, but a, a reservation at a restaurant at 9 p.m. And I, the whole week I was thinking about like, what do I do until 9 p.m. on a Saturday to like get ready to celebrate? And I was like, I guess I'll just like you know like wake up, work out kind of go about my day and then around like four o'clock i was like all right like let's you know i'll I'll go out and get a couple drinks it's nice out and i was like i'll be fine by nine o'clock and by nine o'clock i was so exhausted and 
you know, like it, it was more of an exhausting thing. It wasn't like, you know, overserved or anything, but I was like, <laughs> after about an hour, hour and a half at the, at the dinner, I was like, I got to go to bed. I'm tired. It's been a long week at work. I was, you know, got a couple of beverages the night before. So it was, you know, probably out around till midnight. And then I was like nine o'clock, you know, like I've already used up some of my juice. I don't have it anymore. So I've, I was, I was making some analysis on myself and I was like, you know, if people, you know, if people make those reservations late, I'm either going to have to rearrange how I go about my days or I'm going to have to have to work my schedule in a different way, but I don't have the energy to, to be, bring a, a lot of juice at the, that late of the hour. So that was a, that was a weakness in my game that I'm either going to have to work on getting back or I'm going to have to build, build my game around, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like RG three when he couldn't run anymore. Am I just going to Peter out of the league or am I going to learn how to adjust my game? That's good. That's tough. That's always tough when it's like, you're like yawning at the bar. Yeah. Oh I just, I just call, I was like, all right, like have, I hope, you know, I hope everyone enjoyed, you know, I was there long enough, did my happy birthday, sang my happy birthday, but got a couple people, a couple drinks. And then I was like, all right, I'll see you guys. I'm going home. I got to go to bed. Yeah. That's really tough. Um, but all right. Opportunity Dom. Let's go back to positive. All right. Uh, talking a lot about college basketball. One of my favorite weeks of the year is conference championship week. Gonna get the pass for the Big East tournament. Head up there Thursday and Friday night, and then the t- tickets Wednesday are so cheap for that first round. Probably catch the night games Wednesday, and then just discovered NCAA tournament first and second round is hitting the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So, um, getting ready, gonna hit up those games uh, to start the tournament. I-, I love bunkering down and just having all the games on the TVs, but I think uh, I'm gonna go the- that first day and catch a couple of the games might miss some, but all of my portable charger off my phone in case I need to see any crazy endings. And then you'll, we'll just hang out in Brooklyn between sessions and, and catch all the other games at um, a sports bar. So very excited to see a lot of live college basketball. Hopefully once the Redbirds run the table in the Valley and arch madness, they get placed in Brooklyn. That would be uh, absolutely unbelievable. We'd have to hand out some towels outside and turn uh, Brooklyn, New York into normal, normal east um on the eastern sea on the eastern seaboard out here um, yeah i would have to i'd have to book a red eye if that was the case <laughs> that would be um, incredible yeah we we packed the house yeah the redbirds are on right now they're potentially about to go on a three-game win streak johnny just hit another threes up to about i think he's got 17 or 20 for the game kids coming into his own i'm, I'm excited if if the redbirds can make it to weekend the weekend of arch madness i will be taking a train down to st louis but i mean they've proven PTO, that they, can beat, they can beat anybody in the yeah country. they've they beat the the only ranked valley team and however on long. the road on the road so it was 31 from a true freshman so i i think we're all excited for what's gonna what's to come they're on right now uh we've been giving updates but speaking of uh Speaking of some them some hoops that hit close to home, I would uh I would like to take this opportunity as my opportunity to announce that uh that I am back in men's league. Oh. Took a couple took a couple sessions off, work got real busy, missed the sign up window. The uh the lizards, I think we're gonna rebrand as the chickens now. My uh my whole theory behind names of men's league teams is everyone's either got like really stupid inside jokes 
or like something they think's really funny. So this, I again, I realize this is almost a combination of both, how stupid this is, but it amuses me. I think of what is the dumbest name I can think of that has absolutely no meaning so that when everyone else is looking at their schedule, they're like, oh, like we're playing the chickens. Like, I wonder why they're the chickens, but it's just like, no, they're the chickens because I'm just, I wanted to be the chickens and I didn't tell anyone else. I just sent them our schedule and we're the chickens. So that's, that's, it's, it's self-amusement's important in life. You have to make yourself laugh. Because yeah. I guarantee uh, no one where else. Are we, where are we? Where are we? Are we deep into the season? No. So we're we're about to start back up. We got the gang back together. Oh, nice. We our last. So our last couple efforts, we lost. So first first time doing it in Chicago, we lost in the semifinals by a point. It was trade in free throws at the end of the game. They were fouling. We were down three. They were hitting theirs. We missed a couple of ours. Lost the game. Never got a chance. Went back, made it to the semis again. Got all the way there. Upset two teams to get there. Played the number one seed on a back-to-back. Ran out of gas. Lost the game. Last time, we played another semifinal loss. This time to the one seed who we had lost by 30 points to in the in the regular season. Who won the won the championship game by 30. We lost by 10. We were tied at half. We had two huge upsets to get there. One of the tournament, one of the playoff games, I scored a gym record 35 with 11 threes. So I was riding off that. We tried to get in the next league. A lot of people busy, you know, real life gets in the way, but I think we're, we're coming back and I would like to personally guarantee we will be winning the championship t-shirt. The first. The Joe Namath guarantee. Broadway Joe. Yes. And I I think we got the right mix. I think we're going in strong. We hit a stride last time. Now we've had a couple months to rest our legs because we are still old men. We're young old men. And I think we're ready to take it. The last the last time it was ours, we ran into a couple guys who really shouldn't have been playing in our league. They arguably should have been playing for DePaul. With how bad that program is, That's, but we're we're belong, ready to take it. They might belong in the tier below you. Yes, yeah. I think I think if DePaul was in, because we're we're in like the uh, middle league. If DePaul was in the top tier league, that like a lot of like if a lot of the guys who play in those leagues played Division One, I, I think they would lose to some of those teams. Not actually, but you never know. Yeah, they're they're so bad. They've been bad since I've learned where they're from or who. Yes. They are. They haven't been good since Wilson Chandler. Yeah. All right, Dom. You got a a threat for us? Um, Yeah, it's a threat. We're going to spin it, though. We're going to hit a little spin zone. Um, The championship video starts here. I went out on a limb, applied for the MAAC media credential as a blogger. Uh, reject it so we're printing it out we're printing oh out fuck. we're getting the bulletin but the championship dvd starts here um but the guy who runs it like his email like they sent it back with his email so i'm probably gonna reach out after march because i'm sure he's super busy and and see what it takes and we're gonna we're gonna learn we're gonna get credentialed maybe have somebody who who runs a little media for a mid-major you know we love the show mid-majors love on here so Maybe this could be the spark of of something beautiful, but 
uh, Atlantic City wants me nowhere, nowhere near. Um, their, their they saw your last name. Or their like, men's you can't do or another Italian down yeah. here. Yeah, they don't want me near, anywhere near their men's or women's uh, conference championships. So <laughs> let's hope nothing crazy happens that that I miss out on. Yeah, I mean, a, a Quinnipiac Fairfield U final would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I spent Quinnipiac program. I spent a lot of time around as a kid, and then Fairfield U uh, knew a handful of guys who played there. But that's all right. We'll come back maybe next year. Maybe we'll get back on it next year. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's tough to hear that we got denied. But we'll keep pushing. And I love. I I think that's also an opportunity. Yeah. But. Beauty. All right, I'll be. That's what they say. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be quick on my threat. I have a four uh four forty five wake up call tomorrow for a five forty five a.m. flight. Um, which in my body clock is at given central time. I got to be up at three 45 for a flight tomorrow. And I am kind of scared that I might miss it. I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to be on time, everything. But I mean, I don't think I've ever been up that early and had to like function. So I think that's a threat, but, uh, I am looking forward to discussing it as a strength next week when I can deem that my strength of mine is waking up. It's almost so early that it doesn't, it's like not, it's almost better to wake up at four 45 than it is to wake up at like six. Sometimes I think, I think that's really fair. And your eyes are like red and you just shoot out of bed. Cause you're just so yeah. confused and uh, thrown, thrown off. Like whenever that happens to me, it, it almost is like, you're definitely, scrambled for the day but you're out of bed easier than that that 6 a.m wake up call somewhere there's a photo of me floating around that i took of myself at four in the morning on my way to pick up a rental car after two nights in new orleans where i have to hold my license next to my face and i look like the most hungover human that's ever um existed but that's just the nature of of going down to new orleans and having having to rent a car and and leave to drive to baton rouge at at six in the morning um but it, I think you'll 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 make it. You got to call. You should utilize the wake up call at the hotel if they still do that. I'm that's like a it's a lost art. Yeah, I got it. I got to see if they do that here because I set I What's set the, alarms on both my personal phone and my work phone. Where's the phone? Where's the phone? Is the phone close? There to is you? there is no phone in there. Oh, then oh. They probably don't. Is there? Yeah. No, what no. Is, this. What is that? Is that a, is there a phone? No, it is a alarm clock. Oh well, there you can just set that. Yeah. All right, we'll figure it out. But uh, but yeah, one thing that I have noticed is I, I've had to be up a lot early lately, and having to go pee like twenty minutes before you're supposed to wake up, when it's like it's a blessing and a curse. So the worst is waking up like an hour before you have to be up because it's like I'll go back to bed, but it's gonna be like thirty seconds. Yeah, waking up hours before like if you have to be up at eight and you wake up at like 3 30 or 4 it's like oh my god i'm gonna sleep like it's awesome if you got to be up at like 5 36 and it's gonna be like a tough wake up if you wake up at like 5 40 5 50 and you got to take a piss you you got to get up anyway you shut that alarm off and you just run it because like if you have to get up you're not like tired anymore yeah if you turn that light on so hopefully i'll just like chug a bunch of water and Hopefully it works out. I don't know. You're going to wake up with a missed flight in a wet bed. 
<laughs> that would be that. I don't know. I don't know what they'd be able to do. At least, at least I'm going home. I guess yeah. like not going to the site, but yeah. uh, and then you have to work tomorrow too. Oh yeah, I land at eight. Get uh get on the get on the train to the office. We're 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 promoting shareholder value here. Oh my god! But all right. That's our that's our SWOT analysis. We're gonna keep integrating segments like this, especially the more we get away from football season. But uh Dom, I think I think this is a great chance for us to talk a little, little college hoops and catch everyone up who still thinks Caleb loves on the Tar Heels. Mm-hmm. Um we let's go uh where do you want to start? Should we start? Let's go by the conferences. We'll hit the uh the big six. And then, and then maybe any group. Of five. So I think we should go best team. So I'm gonna. I'll let's let's do it like this. We'll go. We're planning the pot on the pot. Uh, so we'll go conference. Each of us will give the best team, the best player, and then if the if our favorite, if we have a sleeper, a favorite, or like something that we want to call out about that conference. Like for example, if you're like the best player is so and so, but my favorite player is such such and such. Mm-hmm. And you can call that out. And then we give a prediction about that team where it's like, okay, like for example, the big East Yukon's the best team. Yeah. I think Yukon can win the national championship, something like that. And then we could also hit mid majors as a whole. Yeah. Um, so, so let's start on the, on the Eastern seaboard um, board or uh, we will start. Well, we can start with the big East. That's, that's, what That's you just a good said, you, you just kind of kicked it off a little bit. Um, my my self-proclaimed home conference. I think undoubtedly UConn is, is the best team coming out of the Big East, defending national champions. Just lost a tough one on the road, but had won 14 straight. Uh, and I mean, it's a different team than last year because people are going to see that they're ranked high. And you got Sonogo is gone, but they've replaced him with another big guy. Um you got uh, Hawkins is gone, but but they replaced shooters, him with Cam, Cam Spencer, Caravan. I mean, they're they're deep. They've got the experience because they got guys who played last year. Guys have stepped up. They're going to be a really tough out on the books last night. They were minus one hundred five to make the Final Four, which is incredible to have odds like that for for anybody. Like that great team, that Duke team didn't make the final four with Zion and RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish. And they almost didn't get out of the first weekend against taco Falls. So it, it is a crapshoot almost in March about who you line up with. Um, like Illinois a couple of years ago was a one seed and they got matched up with uh, the in-state little brother, Loyola Chicago, who was like criminally under and got knocked mm-hmm. out. So on any given keep day, team in they can win. That year. I mean, I don't know who was the last back-to-back champion. Was it Florida? In a, yeah. In, in, yeah, who took down Ohio, Ohio State. State. So uh, it, they're going to be tough to beat, but it is really hard to repeat. And for me, I, Marquette, I think, can make a run, and I think Creighton can too. Creighton brought almost everybody back from that Elite 18 last year. And Marquette, not as much success, but um, Tyler Kolick is great, and, and it is a guards tournament, as we know. I think, yeah, I think – Kolick's probably the best player in the conference. Although I think actually, you know what? Tristan Newton's the best player in the conference and he doesn't get any credit for how much better he's gotten this year. I remember at the beginning of the year, I was at the XL center watching a, actually I ended up being a great game between UConn and St. John's. 
I was talking to one of my buddies and I said, the fact that Tristan Newton was one of the best guards in the country shows how far the guard position has fallen since we were kids when like Kemba Walker and Jimmer Fredette were in the same year, Shabazz Napier, like even like Scotty Wilbekin at um, Florida, who was awesome. Like we had some fucking guards growing up. Um, Scotty Reynolds at Villanova, but Scoop Jardine, I could go all day. But anyway, I was saying like, you know, we lost Noel from last year. Like is, is Newton and Kolick, like two of the best guards in the country. Newton's gotten a lot fucking better. And now he is the guy on this team. Cam Spencer is, is Hurley on the court with almost the abilities of Hawkins from last year. They don't have anyone who really fills that Jackson role. Jeremiah, or uh, what's his first name? I don't know. Jackson, it was double J's from last year's team, number 44, super versatile. But they have Steven Castle, who is a top 10 draft pick, five-star type guy. So that's like almost a higher ceiling. They don't have anyone Sonogo like who could just get a bucket in the post, but like Klingon has gotten much better. And then they have a guy behind Klingon who a uh, either a redshirt freshman, true freshman, or a sophomore in number 35, who his name's escaping me, but he could come in and provide a lot of the same stuff with length, vertical spacing on lobs, and then rim protection. So they're loaded up, and I really think that the only way you beat UConn is to shoot the shit out of the ball, which is what Creighton did last night. So they're the best team. My favorite player is Cam Spencer. Um, I it was Aaron. Aaron Chris asked me a while back to before the season started, or actually it was it was on our fiftieth episode. He asked me to describe my game, and I said Fletcher McGee crossed with Marshall Henderson. I think Cam Spencer took that out of my mouth and made it happen because he has a clip like Fletcher McGee and Marshall Anderson, but he's also fucking crazy. Like he deserves that comparison. Not me, obviously, because he plays at UConn and I play at (laughs) the Greek Orthodox church down the street. But I think, I think UConn's awesome. I'd be pretty surprised if they got upset unless it was one of those scenarios where it was like a, a, four seed shoots 52% from the floor and has a ton of NBA talent and just underachieved. Um, But I think Marquette can make the final four as long as they don't run into, they struggle with size and length, which is what we saw with the UConn matchup. Yeah. Yeah, I think Marquette would be, we'll get to them, but like any sec team that just plays really physical defense is going to be really tough because those teams like Tennessee would kick them in the mouth. Like Tennessee would be tough, although they've struggled in the tournament, but we can save that. Uh, yeah, I think the way UConn loses because it's almost like I feel like a lot of almost every other team in the country, like, how do they win? They'll win if they'll win if UConn's yeah. almost like the other way, they're they've been they'll so lose dominant, if. they'll lose if they if Spencer and Caravan are not shooting well, which doesn't happen very often, or if Klingon gets in foul trouble early, like we saw yesterday, and there is a big on the other team where you just can't have them out there for 30 35 minutes and you and he he gets himself into a hole and you fall behind early cuz Yukon really they just got so far behind yesterday they went on a like a 12-0 run with 10 minutes left in the game and they still lo- ended up losing by 18 cuz they were they were just so outplayed for the first 30 minutes of that game where if they lose that'll be why um but i think that there's really no value at all on taking a team 
with minus odds to get to the final four. Just exactly. Just you should have put that ticket in a long time. Yeah. Just put, just take the money line when they play and, and roll it over for games for their second, third and fourth game, because you might run into some, some favorable lines, but yeah, Mark, Marquette and Craig can make a run. Uh, but those are the three teams that are really the only threats there. I yeah. Think. I think Seton hall, like if they get in, I think Seton hall could like make a sweet 16. I think that's just kind of true for Butler too. Uh, I think that, that even St. John's it's so tough to win in the big East. And it's, you play so many, you play such a variety of teams where like the big 10, they're all kind of bunched up. It's like Butler, St. John, Seton Hall. They're all around the Providence is on the bubble. Like some of these teams will get in because Villanova's on the bubble. A run to, if the big East final is not UConn Marquette, whoever, if somebody or Creighton, if another, whoever that fourth team is on that Friday night game, those two semifinals, I think, will probably have gotten two big wins that, that'll that punch their ticket. So I would say the four locks for the Big East are going to be those those big three that we've talked about and whoever gets to that semifinal. Now, if there's multiple upsets, maybe they get a fifth team in, uh, but they, they kind of seem like a four to five bid league at, at this point in the season. Yeah, and I think I think Creighton can make a final four. I think that Memorial definitely are the can. Same. They were what yeah. were they a shot away last year? Exactly. Yeah. And they, you could argue that this team might, they're, they're not as good right mm-hmm. now, but their, their ceiling's higher in my opinion. And then I think that, so between Providence, St. John's, Seton Hall, and Butler, I think I put Butler a little bit below those guys, but, and I think Seton Hall's a little bit better. I think one of those four teams is going to end up with the last 11 seed one of the last in in Dayton. Dayton and I think they're going to make the sweet 16. We see that every year, so consistently every year. every year a 11 seed they at least have the first upset but they almost always make a sweet 16 and I think all those teams are prime candidates cuz they're all super physical, they all play good defense and they're all a little weird. Yeah. And they're all well coached. Rick Pitino sweet 16 Elite Eight, Final Four, National Champion. Shaheem Holloway's made an Elite Eight with St. Peter's. You have Thad Mata, who want, who has made a National Championship game, Final Four, multiple Sweet 16s. And then you have uh, Kim English is kind of the new kid on the block. I don't even know if he's been to a tournament at George, uh, George Mason, but he would be your new guy. So... That's four. And that's Sean three Miller, four coaches. Xavier's right. Xavier's right. Yeah. That, that Xavier, Xavier, Xavier would have, they have some work to do, but still Sean yeah. Miller again, he's pretty great. Uh, pretty great resume. So I don't think he's ever made a final four, Um, but that's still, that's still kind of a murderer's row. So I think that any of those teams, if you get in they're they're legit. Mm-hmm. So, and then I think we hit pretty much everyone yeah. players wise, UConn, and then you got, Quickly, Baylor Shireman at Creighton. Mm-hmm. You got Trey Ashworth Alexander. at Creighton, Trey Alexander, Kalk Brenner. Or these the these are very much team based teams where it's like uh there's a difference. You have like uh you have the superhero movie and then the Marvel movies. These are Marvel movie teams where it's like they're the collection of the whole like uh Iggy Dusagoa or whatever his name is at Marquette. Um, I love Cam Jones. Cam Jones is one of my five foot players in the country at Marquette, the lefty shooting guard. But all these teams are kind of like 
there's not one guy who's averaging 25 a game. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're very much pieced together well. So I think the Big East, if the Big East doesn't get at least one Final Four team, I'll be surprised. Yeah, that'd be a disappointment. They were close last. They obviously had the national champion last year, but they were pretty close to getting two or even three. Um, Xavier had a, a decent run last year as well. Moving down the Seaborg to the ACC, kind of a down year for the ACC overall. Um, not going to be a nine, 10 bid league like we've seen them dominate in the past. Despite uh, my, my best efforts, I completely misread this North Carolina team. They're head and shoulders above the league. Armando Baycott, who, when playing at the Garden a couple months ago, was huffing and puffing, running up and down the court, has settled into his own, and he's going to give you a tough 15 and 10 every single night. They have that Final Four experience, even since uh, Roy Williams has left. So I think they're really the team to beat there, and I don't know – I don't really think there's anybody else on on that level. Duke is good, but I I think it's kind of. I think Duke, Duke, Duke this year is the same as Duke last year. I think. I think if they run into a physical team, they're fucked. I think if they run into an experienced team, they're fucked. Um, the TikTok kid, he's pretty. He's pretty fucking awesome, actually. At he had twenty five in the first half. Jared McCain, Mm -hmm. Filipowski flip. He's good. Their guard play really hasn't figured itself out. If if McCain takes that team by the balls in the backcourt and they can run a lot of two-man game with him and Flip, they, they could be dangerous. But Proctor and Roach haven't really done much this year. Miami stinks. Last year was – they. I mean, they lost some guys, but last year they kind of just shot the shit out of the ball. They should have lost to uh, Drake. But uh, Clemson – Again, like they're like meh. I think they're they're a classic loses like the eight nine game or the seven ten game, um, like a power five on power five. Like last year when USC played Michigan State and USC just got punked, it's like the the classic game like that. I think they would lose. Um, I think UNC's good. I think once people started like their their three point variance returned to the mean. And they started letting up like 80 points a game. That's like the UNC I thought they were going to be because Baycott doesn't really defend. Uh, RJ Davis is awesome, but yeah. I don't know. They're they're so hit or miss because I think like let's say they get a three seed, right? Yeah. I could see them, you know, beating, you know, rolling their first two games, absolutely annihilating a two seed, and then beating a one seed by like six points. And it's like holy shit, North Carolina made the final four like no problem. Yeah, but I think I think that they could also like I don't know if they'd lose to a fourteen, but it, I could totally see it being like oh six seeded Creighton scored ninety three points and beat North Carolina by twelve. If if they run into a, a physical team, it's going to be really tough for them. And if they run into like a a quick in transition, they have to make if if you're going to beat UNC, you got to make Baycott comfortable. You got to make them defend the three point line. Which he obviously is not. They could be outscored. Like if they yeah. played Alabama, and, they would be fucked. And if you play play Day, uh, Davis, make him uncomfortable. I mean, he's going to put up. He puts. He's a volume guy. He's going to put up some bad shots. Uh, you, mm. you glossed over Clemson. They were my preseason pick to win the ACC. So I still do kind of believe in them. Uh, PJ Hall is one of the better players on that. Yeah, team. but it's like Joe Girard is like um, what your second best player. What are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, I think that? it's I, I think it's possible if you're looking deep in the ACC for a team that's not 
at the top, I guess. They're, like, they're a they're a bubble team. I don't think they're like going to do defa- anything. They're almost like the de facto sleeper pick because if you're not Duke and North Carolina are not going to be sleepers, and I don't really believe in. And Virginia just got their pants pulled down by forty. Yeah, I mean Virginia is not the Virginia that won a national championship. They still play tough defense. They held Miami to thirty-eight the other day, but we saw all remember what happened last year in the first game of the tournament. They just melted down against Furman. Yeah, and, and they don't even have last year's talent. And they don't. Yeah, like no more Kihei Clark. Like they lost mm-hmm. a lot of big pieces. So obviously Tony Bennett is up there. He's one of the great coaches. Uh, that we have in college basketball, but I wouldn't be like, oh, watch out for Virginia when it, when the bracket comes around. Yeah, so I think this one's pretty pretty cut and dry. The best yeah. team is UNC. RJ Davis is the best player. Duke has a couple talented guys, and they're all right. And then Clemson has enough to make the tournament. And if you make the tournament, maybe they're the team that ends up like there's there's always a seven ten or eight nine that is two power five teams. One of them doesn't want to be there, and one of them is about to win and might fucking make the Sweet 16. Like Michigan State last year, they beat UNC, USC, they beat Marquette. Like Then there's also times like Marquette-UNC two years ago. UNC looks like dead man walking. They destroy Marquette, and then they beat Baylor. Like Stuff like that, Like it's it's so hard to get a read on it, but like it's one of them's going down. So I think that's pretty good on the ACC. Moving a little bit more south to the southeastern conference, I this this is my I fucking love this conference this year. It is chaotic, it is fun, and it has fucking hoopers. My best team is Tennessee. My best player is Dalton Connect. I think he's the best player yeah. in the country. I thought last year he was on a team in Northern Colorado that plays extremely up-tempo. They're getting like 100 possessions a game. You're scoring 25 points a game there. It's like, okay, what are you going to actually do when you get to a real team? Since that first scrimmage at Michigan State, I was like, okay, this motherfucker hoops. The way he gets to the lane and finger, like he takes off two steps outside, you know, the restricted area and finger rolls at home. Like he consistently does that. He can go both ways. He has mid range pull-ups. He's three pointers on target. He's almost put up 40 in two separate games this year against power five teams. One at Chapel Hill where he got hurt or else he would have got it. And then at home against Florida, another ranked team, like unfucking believable. The dude is all over the place. And he is exactly what Tennessee and Rick Barnes have been missing is just a go-to guy. And I think he could go on a Kemba Walker like run where he puts up like 27 a game in the tournament and they will win the national championship. Yeah. Last night I, I talked about it for a second. They were playing Missouri, a Missouri team who's 0-13 in the SEC on the road, struggling early. The one nothing five minutes into the game. Uh Connect is 0 for maybe he's one for eight. I think he's actually started the game 0 for eight. They're they're losing with te- with twelve minutes left in Missouri, and then he just took over that game, scored about eight or nine points in a row, got the game tied. Missouri calls timeout. Tennessee gets up by as many as twelve, um, and they kind of win the game. It's kind of a no contest from there. So seeing that that game to me really felt like a game in March where it's like, holy shit, like this team who sucks is going to be this team who's really good. Uh, and then like Kennesaw State Xavier last year, and then you're like, they're almost doing too well too early, 
and then mm -hmm. you just chip away, chip and away, then you wake someone up. The lead, and then, uh, yeah, because if you're up that big at halftime, you almost poked the bear and allowed the adjustments. You almost needed to come in. in a you almost need to play a competitive game. You got to be yeah. up like six to eight points. Yeah, like, it's at, like at the Purdue game was like within five points the whole time, and Purdue just yeah. couldn't get over the hump. Uh, but yeah, I think Tennessee is the best team in that conference. Uh, he's certainly the best player connect. And I almost think that there's, there could be the way that people have talked about college basketball this year. I think Auburn, South Carolina and Alabama would all be considered a sleeper team. Certainly from the beginning of the year, I, I none of these teams were really on my radar, but they South Carolina is the one that's really come out of nowhere. And they've, kind of made a name for themselves this year with some pretty big wins. But I think the SEC, they're just so physical and they play so hard that they're – I don't think that they maybe have what it takes to get to a Final Four, but they are a team – they're never going to get upset because they rely so much on their physicality and their how fast they play. Like, they're just better athletes than these mid-major schools. But if they line up with – a Butler in the second round, if you're Alabama or South Carolina or even Tennessee, it's like that's where you might lose if it's a well-coached, technically sound team that might not be as talented. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like the the SEC could have these teams lose in the first weekend or they could go all the way to the Final Four. Yeah, I think South Carolina is a paper tiger. I think Lamont Paris is doing a great job there. But, like, I, I, I've seen Cheap Johnson play. He was at Ohio State when I was there. He – he can't be your best player. They, I think, I think all all power to him. And Lamont's probably going to either get a nice extension or a nice job potentially at Ohio State out of this. And he did a great job at Chattanooga. I don't think they're good enough. I think they scream like a four, five, or six seed that loses to a double digit seed to me. Um, a team I'm watching right now on TV too. I got the Redbirds going. I got Kentucky going. Kentucky is so hot and cold. They can't stop anybody. They haven't figured out which guys to play yet, but they have Rob Dillingham, former Donda Academy, when Kanye West had his stupid basketball academy, and Reed Shepard coming off the bench. There's a very good chance both those guys are top 10, if not top five picks in the draft. If Cal gives them the keys in March with a do Thiero, the do all everything, former player from. Michael Sr. and Michael Jr. Mastriani out at Quaker Valley, former state runner-up in Pennsylvania, first team All-State. They have Big Z, the foreigner, with the, the seven-footer with the three-point shot. They have DJ Wagner coming. You know, he's he can't really shoot it, but he can bring you some. They have Antonio Reeves, former Redbird, who puts up like, you know, 18 a game. He can shoot it. I think they can make a run, and I think in the same vein – a team that I saw win beat Florida at home in overtime earlier, Alabama. Alabama's my sleeper. I have a Final Four ticket on Alabama, and that they're becoming less of a sleeper, so I had that ticket placed when they were unranked. They could just outscore you. And in March, obviously, that's the type of team where if they hit a cold streak, they'll, they're not going to win because they can't stop anybody. But Marcus Sears, former Ohio Bobcat, he averages 20 a game. Grant Nelson, former... North Dakota State Bison. He averages like 12 a game. He can get you 30. They have um, a bunch of shooters from Cal State Northridge and Cal State Fullerton. And 
a couple software. They they're last year they had Brandon Miller. That they were the team. They were Nate Oates. They were the number one overall seed. This year it's all these scrappy mid major dudes who are in their fourth and fifth years of college and just shoot the shit out of the ball and move it and and don't defend, but try a little bit. And they score fucking hundred points a game and it's awesome. And I think they're gonna make the final four. And I think they're just gonna be like shit through a tin horn, running up the score on fools and Either them or Kentucky. One of those teams is making a fun run. I think South Carolina and Auburn are kind of fake good with like the weird defense first stuff. I want to see these teams shoot the shit out of the ball. I love it. Uh, and Kentucky lost a game to Gonzaga, which was really the only time I've seen them play a full game. Reed Shepard's unbelievable. He can take over. Unfucking real, dude. And, and if you He's have two guys awesome. like in the backcourt there, that it's a guard storm, and we've said that. So, um, That's some Shabazz Kemba shit from like 2012 or 13 or whenever it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, making our way way north, uh, the Big Ten, our home conference, sucks. One of them fucking like, sucks. I, it's almost like they're being exposed because it seems like the Big Ten for so long has been bad in the sense that they have not performed in the tournament, and it's this self fulfilling prophecy where that they everybody beats each other up in conference play, and you're like. Oh, that's because they're all really good. And it's like, maybe it's because they're all really bad. Mm-hmm. It's tough because the best team is Purdue. And Purdue is the Purdue team. can get got. Ohio State got Purdue with an interim coach. And they did it the exact way to get Purdue. Purdue doesn't get, if you, if you, uh, KB No Swag said this, if you beat Purdue, it's not an upset. Everybody beats Purdue. Yeah, they that's lost to true. Peters. They lost to a 15 seed and a 16 seed in the and past. And a 14 the year before they lost to North Texas. In the They're bubble. running out of seeds to lose to. Yes. So, like, it, it has to They lost to Arkansas about- State when fucking, uh, what's-his-face was there? Um, the the dude who's at uh, Ole Miss now, who's at Texas, the coach who, like, got in trouble, arrested and shit. Like, you, they, they, they don't perform well in the tournament. In the in the standings, second place is an Arkansas Illinois. Little Rock. Sorry, yeah, second in the standings is an Illinois team who just went to Penn State and lost their ten and five in the conference. Then you have Wisconsin at ten and six. They're they're Stinks. okay. They stink. They they're they're good, but they're not top fifteen in the country where they've been ranked this year. Um, then we get down. If there's any team that I think actually has the best chance to make a run, it's Northwestern. I think. Boo Boo is one of the better players yeah, in the conference, and I trust trust him more than I trust a Chucky Hep- Hepburn led Wisconsin team. Yeah, um, he sucks. The th- Illinois too, even though they did lo- lose, they have guys that can just score the ball, like Terrence Shannon. Yeah, or Terrence um, Shannon. I mean, who knows what's going on with him? So I don't know his deal, but he could score. And then Domask is a beast. Yeah, yeah. The least they have those two going for them. So they can take over. Um, Don't expect a deeper. They're almost like they're going to do exactly what their seed says. Coleman Hawkins, they go as he goes. Coleman Hawkins, when he's on his best, he can shoot the shit out of the ball and then guard all five positions. Then there's days he has like four rebounds and six points. Yeah, I mean, we we saw. Those teams don't win. We saw Virginia um, lose to a 16 seed, come back, win it all. I'd be shocked if that happens with Purdue. I just don't think that they're built for that. Again, guards tournament, their best player is the biggest player in the country um, with like a decent supporting cast. And I mean, 
they've they they lose to everybody. So any team that plays them is going to think that they can win. Where if you're lining up with a UConn in the first round or even the second round, you're like we're probably fucked. Um, but if you see Purdue, yeah, if you have a guard who can shoot, and you see Purdue, you're you you're licking your chops. Yeah, if you, I mean, Bruce Thornton did this to them multiple times last year. He did it this year last on Sunday. Everybody on FDU did it to them. St. Peter's did it to them. If you can operate in that mid-range zone. Yeah. The Indiana State tried to do it to Illinois State, and Johnny Kinzinger did it too. If you have a center who cannot come meet guys on ball screens, you can operate in the mid-range zone and make enough of them to squeeze that defense, and then you open up threes in transition like Jamison Battle did on Sunday, you will not, you will beat Purdue. You will beat those kind of teams because if you're just going to play drop coverage and you're only going to let guys go five out, you will they that they lose every year. I think I think just because everyone's expecting it, I think Purdue's weird because I think I think they can beat like conventionally good teams because this is the problem with the Big Ten. The Big Ten develops their rosters to compete in the Big Ten because you can't survive in the Big Ten without a certain roster because there's so many dominant bigs and greedy defensive teams and et cetera. And I think Ohio State is a great example of this. And I think that Tony Carr Penn State team is another great example of this where they have a tournament team. That team, that Penn State team did not make the tournament because their big guy, I think it was like Watkins, number 24, he kind of sucked. But they had yeah. Shep Garner, who was lights out. They had Tony Carr, who was awesome. And they had Lamar Stevens. Yes, Lamar Stevens, who was like almost their all-time leading scorer. Should have been fucking COVID. Fucked them. Yeah, he really got That it. team was awesome. And they could spread you out, and they would have been dominant in the tournament. But they didn't have enough bigs. They didn't play enough defense. And they got grinded to a pulp by the Big Ten. And that was a pretty decent Big Ten. Yeah. And then – you see this with Ohio State this year. I'm not saying Ohio State's great, but if you look at it, Ohio State did awesome in the Big Ten tournament last year. They outscored Alabama this year. They were good in the non-con. They're a guard-dominant team with kind of shit bigs, and they have a lot of shooting. But in these grind-you-to-a-halt defensive battles, they cannot stop anyone. And it was the same thing with Penn State. You can't just keep winning shootouts in the Big Ten. Teams are too good defensively, and they're too big. They get too much easy buckets. But then you get in the t- teams that survive your conference are only built to win your conference. Look at Michigan state last year. They get the seven seed. They're a guard based team last year. They make it almost to the final mm-hmm. four. They, they lose an overtime in the sweet 16 yeah. to the team. Like, I think that's the big Ten's issue is like you build these rosters to win the big 10, yeah. not to win anything of consequence. Yeah, I agree. So I, I don't think there's really a good sleeper here, a really good team at all. That's going to make a deep March run. Um, Let's let's go cross country, save the best conference of the year, undoubtedly for last. So we'll skip over the Big 12, come back. The Pac-12, the Western Seaboard, um, they're really a one conference team. They're probably gonna they're gonna get more than one bid, but this they is might about, not. You think that there's a chance that the Pac-12 is a, a one bid league? So who's getting it as Utah, the other team? It's not UCLA. I mean, Washington, State's not U- 20, Washington State's Oh, I totally forgot about the Cougs. I thought yeah. I forgot they were in the conference. Yeah, and then Oregon at 17 and 8 is, is right there. Colorado 17 and 9. They were ranked for a little part of the year, but probably you're looking at Arizona, Washington State. Maybe if someone else makes gets hot toward the end of the year, they could find themselves um in depending on what happens with other people. But 
I don't think anyone, either of us are going to disagree that the best team here is Arizona and the best player is Caleb Love. I mean, he's was great, great at North Carolina. Balo's good too, the big guy. He seems, unlocked. He seems unlocked now. Yeah. I think that last year's team, they were like very finesse and like they had Pilazalos or whatever and Balo and, and they were like Matherin. this. Yeah. And then like Kirk Creasa was on the team and it was kind of yeah. like so like flow and go. And like this year, they're much more explosive. Like they have guys who can like take over the game. They can run the ball down your throat. It almost feels like last year they were like this finesse. Like if we make a football reference, like they were like the bubble screen Oregon offense, like whatever, like so like cutesy or whatever. And like now they added like a downhill running back in like Caleb Love and like the I, f- I forget the the freshman point guard they have is also pretty good. And it's like, hey, we can still light you up on the outside but we can also get fucking downhill on you. And you're we're, we're not losing to like a Princeton with that kind of backcourt. Whereas last no. year they, their backcourt was like um, Courtney or whatever the dude who um, Courtney Ramey and Kirk Creesa. And that's like, they're so outside shooting dependent they went cold. And then their big guys were like soft. And now it's like, we can throw it to Ballo. We can shoot it but we're going to get downhill with Caleb Love if we need to. And I think that's the biggest difference. And I think they could definitely make a final four. And I think they're one of the five best teams in the country. Yeah. And if you're just getting in, uh, start want to ramp up your college basketball and you're maybe a little bit of a night owl pack 12 after dark, 11 PM mm-hmm. tonight. If you're listening to this on the, on February 22nd, um, Washington, Arizona state or Washington state versus Arizona top two teams for winner. We'll have, uh, sole possession of first place in the conference and Washington state defendant home court in Pullman earlier um, this year. And now they're going to get to go down to, uh, to Arizona and play. So there's a three point game last time I just checked. So it should be a great game tomorrow. And if you want to try to get a feel for some of those PAC 12 teams that are harder to watch, that that should be a great game between those two teams. Yeah, totally agree. And now now to the best conference in basketball. Yeah, we're the talking about two, two bid two bid leagues, four bid leagues. I mean, this is this might be a ten bid league, depending on yeah. how the rest of the season. The Big Twelve fucking rocks. And if you're haven't been big on college basketball this year so far, it's a new look Big Ten because we have the conference realignment. We're a little off kilter, so we still have the Texas and Oklahoma. But BYU's um, there and Houston's there. BYU, and unlike football, Central they're Florida's. here. They're yeah. here to fucking play. In football, they were there to get the shit beat out of them. I, I mean, Houston is head of the Big 12 in their first year. They've been they've been a staple in March Madness. They're always there. They're always there. They always play well. They haven't been able to get over the hump, but I mean, 23 and 3 this year. Iowa State is 20 and 6. Anytime Kansas is eight and five, losing multiple games at home, you know that that's a, a tough ass conference, especially when they add it, who many people considered the best player in the country last year in Hunter Dickinson. Um, and they're sitting at third place in the Big 12. Uh, Baylor national champion. I mean, these are the last two national champions for UConn is Baylor and Kansas. And they're second and third right now to, to Houston and Iowa State. And you get down BYU, Texas Tech, TCU, Oklahoma. And Texas are all, prob- all probably tournament teams as well. Yeah, I think this conference is actually pretty simple. I think this is almost like an old school Big Ten esque deal here, where we're you're going to see a lot of 
good teams who lose in the tournament early. I think there's one team that is number one with a bullet in this conference. It's Houston between Cryer and shed. They can score. Now Houston's got going to have the same issues they've had the last couple of years where it's, if you can, if you can score and if you have five guys, they have to guard. You can beat Houston. Miami did it last year. They had to guard all five guys. You get open shots. Houston's one of those suffocating defenses, similar to Virginia before them. It's not exactly the pack line type, but it's we're going to put length and athletes out there and we're going to suffocate you. Now, the issue is they're extremely reliant on their backcourt on the offensive end and they're smaller. Happened last year with Sasser, who's a better player than Cryer. Cryer might be a little better shooter. Shed's gotten a lot better. They can polish off this this run. Now, if they had they made the final four in COVID, they should have lost to Rutgers. That's like with an asterisk because they got killed by so many against Baylor too. And that's such an easy path. This is the chance to be their real, real welcome to, you know, the, the, now they're in the big 12. Welcome to the big boys table moment. I'm just worried that if they run into, you know, we saw it like they, they, they handled Texas at home. So maybe not a Texas, but if they run into like a Creighton, like I think Creighton would beat this team because Creighton makes you guard all five. Yeah. And that's like that's the thing. And if they get hot, it's over. So I think that's my worry with Houston. My sleeper in this one is Texas. I put a final I put it when I saw Texas was on the wrong side of the bubble, I put a final four wager on them because my belief with them is you have Max Asmus. He made a sweet 16. Dan was one shot away from the lead eight. Yeah, with Oral Roberts. Led this yeah, led the country in scoring as a sophomore, beat Ohio State, came back last year. So two years ago, I don't think he made the tournament as a junior. Last year, 12 seed, undefeated in the conference, one of the best players in the country, comes here, scores his 3,000th boy with Texas. He's a hooper. They have Hunter from Iowa State, who is really good, but he gets more downhill. He's left as a shooter. And they have Dylan DCU, who is like a kind of do-it-all finesse, can shoot he, three. He knocked out Penn State last year at 26. Yes, he was unreal. Like little baseline jumpers, three-pointers. He's awesome. Now, their issue is they have a couple guys you don't really need to guard. They have Mitchell or whatever, 25, who is like a super athlete, but he can't really do much with the ball. They have number two, I forget his name, but he's a super grit glue guy. If everything clicks for them, they can make a run. The issue is they have about three guys, but we've seen it before. Three guys can get you pretty far and they have one of the best sets of three in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, my sleeper here, um, one of the teams I have a future on my public future, got them final four and national champion BYU. They rank so high. They're such the analytics love them in, in Ken Palm. They rank high. I'll pull it up to get where they are now. Cause early in the year, um, they rank within those metrics where you win national championships. They shoot shoot the hell out of the ball. They're eighth uh, for adjusted offense. Defense has slipped a little bit, 55 for adjusted defense. But when you have a top 10 offense in the country and you shoot the ball the way they do, um, it, it's pretty pretty impressive. They're the 15th best team in Ken Palm right now. And it, from that, they're only behind Houston, who's number one, and Baylor, who's number 13. They find themselves ahead of at Kansas even. Um so I, I like them. I've been sitting on that ticket for a while. They haven't had the season that that I was anticipating coming into the year. So not really any value on that ticket. I think their numbers are actually like exactly the same as when I got it in 
October. So nothing fantastic there, but still some value if you're if you're value hunting and you want a flyer on a team that's going to be battle tested and can they can shoot the shit out of the ball too. Yep, and they're they're similar. I think they are a team who could also beat a team like a Houston or a Purdue or one of these. If you have guards who can score, I think Baylor. I think Baylor's dangerous too because I think Jacoby Walters the real fucking deal. I think he can shoot. I think Ray J Dennis, former MAC Player of the Year at Toledo, he can fucking shoot. He can get to the rim. I think, and then they have um, the big guy number twenty one, who's a freshman, who's really good around the rim. I think Baylor's very dangerous. And so BYU I, just went into Waco and won this week. Exactly. So, so I think I think if it's Baylor, that was a home game. They they lost at Waco. It was a real close one early uh, in the year. Waco West. There were a lot of Baylor fans there. It felt like a yeah. Uh, I think I think if you're looking at four teams, I think Houston's the clear number one. I think that Baylor's the clear two because they have the talent. And I think Texas and BYU have enough offensive explosion, enough guys that they can make things happen. I think BYU is a better team than Texas, but I think Texas has three, the one of the best three like trios in the country. So I think those are four teams you've got to watch. Yeah. Um, they're gonna they're gonna be the conference with the most bids by far. They're gonna be an eight, nine, ten. Oh yeah. Lead. So watch out for them on Selection Sunday. So we can touch around the, the mid-majors. Uh, obviously, we talked a little bit about Indiana State, who lost to the Redbirds at home. Uh, but I think that they're going to be probably – they're right on the bubble if they were to lose um, in, in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. Uh, if they win, obviously, they'll get that automatic qualifier. The thing about them with how they play, the five-out, um, all five guys around the three-point line, all dribble and can shoot. They're a team that's going to be in 11 or 12 if they get in. If they can get a win in that first game, they're going to be incredibly difficult to prepare for in one day. If we saw it with Princeton last year, Princeton got the big upset against Arizona who had a week to prepare. And then everyone's like, oh, Missouri will beat them. Like the magical run out. It, it's why you see so many of these teams that are maybe underdogs get to the sweet 16 is you get one upset and then a team has – a day to prepare for you when they weren't expecting to play you. And when you play with such a unique offensive identity, it makes it really difficult to prepare. And unless a team is just way more physical or way more athletic, um, like we did not see with Missouri versus Princeton last year, they're just going to outplay you. And, and Indiana state, I think is a team that if they win their first game, I'm going to be all over them on the books in their second game. And I'm probably going to be taking them in my bracket to make a little bit of noise if they get in. Yeah, I think they're they're the classic team to me where it's like either the oh my god, how did we not see this coming? They're, they're the 12 seed that's going to win by 15 like the Middle Tennessee State and John Morant's Murray State teams where it's like this team should be damn near favored or it's going to be the scenario with like South Dakota State Providence yeah. where everyone's picking them against a team that like no one's too high on and it's like they just didn't get hot soon enough. That was Baylor Shireman's team. And it's like, yeah. it just, and they kept Aceves out of the tournament. That's why he didn't make it his junior year, but it's going to be like up uh, the shots. And like, they'll make a couple in a row. It's like, Oh, here comes the onslaught. And it never happens. They rely so much on shooting that when mid major teams rely a little too much on it, I get a little more nervous than like an Alabama or like a, a Kentucky. Cause it's like Alabama and Kentucky have bros. 
So if they if they if they aren't shooting it well, like they're gonna get to the line, they're gonna get to the rim. Like they're certain. Like whereas like if Indiana State's shooting thirty one percent from three, they're fucked. Like we saw it again. We saw the Redbirds game. The Redbirds took them down. Like if the Redbirds are taking you down when you're not shooting right, like I, all respect to the Redbirds, love them, but like the Redbirds aren't a five seed in the NCAA tournament, you know. Yeah. So that's it's if if that's the formula of them on offense, they're not, they can't beat anyone, you know. So, but when they're hitting on all cylinders, they can blow some fuckers out. So they're they're so much up base too. Mm-hmm. The only other team that I would have on my radar is uh, actually Dayton, who just lost at George Mason. Uh, yeah, Dayton just sucks they're, just because they're ranked. Um, they're going to get in even if they lose the A10. The A10 will be a two-bid league, likely, if they don't win the tournament. Um, but, yeah, Day- Dayton, I guess. I don't really know much about them, but they're ranked, and they're a group of five team, so I felt like they were worth mentioning. Yeah, they're. I'm praying. So my, my big sleeper and Cinderella team is I love Akron. And obviously I'm a little biased. I know some guys on their staff, but – Dude, Enrique Freeman and Ali Ali, like that's like a if they if those two were on a Big Ten team right now, that Big Ten team could contend. Like if you drop both those guys on the Buckeyes right now with like Bruce Thornton, Battle, etc., that makes them an exponentially better team. Those are two power five players. Ali Ali went to Butler last year. He didn't get a ton of touches. It was an, it was a kind of a crappy situation. Um, actually last year might've been Thad's first year. So it's just transition year, you know, whatever. Didn't play great. He's in a much better spot back at Akron. He was a really good player on that team that gave UCLA a run for their money. They have a lot of those guys back, same staff back. John Gross went on a Cinderella run with that Ohio team. A bunch of years back, got him the Illinois job. He's back at Akron, back in the Mac. I love them. Enrique Freeman leads the country in double doubles and rebounds. I think they are poised to make a run, maybe to the Sweet 16. I also think because of all the Indiana State love, people are sleeping on Drake. They beat Indiana State this year, almost beat him twice. They have Tucker DeVries, the returning player of the year in the conference, had a terrible game against Miami last year, else they would have won. And I think they might be out for revenge. And if DeVries and his dad's the coach. If they can do some McDermott type shit, the next thing you know, they might be getting a big job with both of them going because he's got another year left. So I really like them. And then just for a couple throw-ins, McNeese State is top 60 in Kempom out of, I don't even know what conference, like the SoCon? No, I don't even, oh, I forget their conference even, but like they're they're awesome. Will Wade's there. He's had tournament success with Tremont Waters and Nas Reed back in the day at LSU. They're worth mentioning. And like you said, Dayton's worth mentioning because Deron Payne is like he's an all-American candidate, but I think the rest of their team kind of stinks, and I think they're getting a little overrated. And they could they could be a team that's like a high-seeded mid-major from the A10 who gets got because they're overseeded. Mm-hmm. I mean, San Diego State too. They're they're the highest-rated um, Ken Palm team, and then right behind them is Gonzaga, who's number nineteen in Ken Palm, but because of how Gonzaga's played this year, uh, Lenardi actually has them right as in the last four in playing in that opening weekend. So those are another team where if you have a top 20 Ken Palm team who gets a basically warm-up game and they get to play before they go play a six seed, Gonzaga went in a rough arena and won. So they can really – Yeah, they can beat anybody. anybody. Um, but I feel like almost San Diego State after last year, 
Gonzaga and St. Mary's. They're almost grouped into that uh, power five. We're used to seeing those teams. New Mexico's a team. Yeah, and the Mountain West. West, the Mountain West is so interesting this year because they're like, they, they do so much schedule manipulations. Yeah, they got four top 30 Ken Palm teams. With but they, they tailor their schedules so that they can get those Q1 wins. But like, they don't like, they'll, they'll get like, they'll beat like the number 70 team at their place in Ken in uh, the net. Yeah. And that's a Q1 win. But like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little wary of the Mountain West. But before San Diego State's run last year, which I was on top of, people forget. They Mountain West lost like 12 straight and didn't cover in the NCAA tournament. So I don't think we should let one team with a very fortunate Elite Eight and Final Four games endings distract us from the fact that that conference relies a lot on home court and has not done well in um, neutral environments. Yes, correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that covers just about everything. We hit. We gave you a lot of good players to watch. We gave you a couple Cinderellas, some mid majors, the power conferences, the teams to pay attention to. March starts next Friday. Start getting into it because when you go to fill out your bracket, you're going to want to be able to talk a little bit when you're, you know, when your people in the office are going to ask you how you have winning at all. Tell them you got Alabama in the final four. Tell them you got Akron in your Sweet Sixteen. Tell them Tennessee and Dalton Connect are the best team in the country. You're going to sound like the smartest guy in the room. You're going to win the office pool. Everyone's going to be calling you Johnny fucking basketball all week long, all month of March. They're going to be asking you. Yeah, that's incredible. That's inspiring. I feel like I can't say anything to top that. <laughs> all right, Dom, anything else? That's uh, we, we got it all, man. All right. We'll catch you at the next water break.